This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A Athletics. Welcome to another edition of Wildcat Country. Eric Cohen and Shane Dale. Listen, we're recording a little bit late this week because Shane and I went to the Arizona uh, Alabama game on Wednesday night at uh, what is that called? Footprint Center in downtown Phoenix. It's called McHale North Two because there's already McHale North and Tempe. Now there's McHale North and Phoenix because that was a that was a very McHale Center vibe that entire game. At it for a nine o'clock start too, Shane. That was yeah. wild. Uh, we are going to make our picks uh, later in the show. Chris Gonkowski, the founder of Ice Shaker, going to join us, make some picks, including the Alamo Bowl. And then we'll do a show before the end of the year, kind of recapping the Alamo Bowl, uh, talking a little Arizona football and everything like that. But let's start with this week's show. Shane, there is a lot to talk about. Uh, normally, we have something called Shane's standouts. But after last night, um, more like Shane's grievances. Well, Tell us what you think. Uh, well, uh, I, I got both. I mean, I know Festos okay. is coming up, right. so we got to do a grievance. I'll, I'll, I'll get to a grievance, but I'm going to mention some standouts. Uh, hey, okay. it's the it's the Christmas season, it, you know, mm-hmm. Merry, and, and Merry Christmas to everyone out there. Mm-hmm. Appreciate yep. you listening and watching all year. We've gotten some new uh, listeners and, and watchers over the last several weeks, and we appreciate you and hope you'll stick around uh, with us uh, coming into the new year. But uh, so I, I am going to get a little a – little, little hokey here uh and just with my first standout my first standout is the arizona fans at the footbridge center okay because the okay. like i said the atmosphere was very mikhail like and it was funny because you know i went to both games uh on on wednesday night there was the asu northwestern game before that i went because i, I worked five miles away and i figured i might as well go check it out as opposed to going mm-hmm. home to east mesa and coming back yeah that game was maybe 20 percent full of tip-off uh maybe you know and, and there were probably almost as many northwestern fans as asu fans and it was almost 100% full of tip-off for Arizona, Alabama. You know, it was it felt very much like the Pac-12 tournament, you know, with, with U of A chance breaking out in the game before Arizona's. And I was just reminded of how special this fan base is. You know, I, I know it's still a struggle for football, but for men's basketball, it is one of the most loyal, most passionate, loudest fan bases and most intelligent fan bases in the country for any sport at any at any level, pro or college. And we're very fortunate to be part of that as Arizona mm-hmm. alumni. It, we really are. I went to game five of the NBA finals in Phoenix a couple of years ago, and it was just as loud for Wednesday's game as it was for the, the NBA finals game. So, no, it was. It absolutely. You're looking but you like that all, upper, you, all You didn't have the upper deck that was filled in last night. It was. I'm, we, I'm talking about the noise factor. It was I. It was just as loud as it was for the NBA finals. From my, from my recollection. Okay. So I'm just saying I'm a very proud alum okay. in that regard. Okay. 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 All right, I'm done with that. Thank you for indulging me. As far as players, standouts, starting with Pella Larson, okay? He has become the player this year that I think we hoped he was going to be last season. And he just didn't take quite that leap that we were hoped for last year. But he has this year. He's improved his game on both ends of the court. I thought he made the play of the game against Alabama with about 12 minutes left when he caused a steal after the inbounds pass. He dove for the ball, got it to a teammate. I think it was KJ Lewis. And then... He gets up three se- like three seconds later. He gets up and is there, and is there to put back a missed uh, layup by by Caleb Love. Just a couple of seconds. It was an outstanding hustle play, and it put Arizona ahead for good because the game was tied at the time. It was a very tenuous game for a while. 
I thought he was Arizona's best player in that game. And then uh, on the women's side, I want to mention uh, Kaylin Gilbert, who was the Pac-12 Women's Basketball Player of the Week. Um, she averaged over 22 points per game uh, in their two games last week, and she had 19 points and helped Arizona destroy ASU and Tempe. I know the women's team has had its struggles. We're going to talk about it, but they annihilated the Sun Devils, and Gilbert was a big part of that. Grievances. I'm going to mention my biggest concern for the men's basketball team going forward, and that's having a big man who can play useful minutes and relief of Umar Balo. Krivas has looked the part at times, but he's obviously still adjusting to the American game, both in terms of physicality and just his confidence. You know, he looked better in the second half against Alabama, even though he didn't get a lot of minutes. But Arizona really has to get more out of their eighth guy. And if Krivas doesn't improve, Maybe Henry Vesar, even when he's healthy, comes in and, and, and steps into that role because they have to have that 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 depth and they have to have a guy who come in and eat up some minutes and replace Abalo. So that I'm going to keep it at, at that. That's my only grievance because they did still beat Alabama by double digits, and I know we're going to get into that game a little bit more here shortly. Yes, we are. Uh, it was definitely an interesting game. Um, if you see if you've seen what Shane and I have tweeted about it, then you'll know our thoughts before we get into this segment. But it, this is. Buy or Sell, presented by our friends at Ice Shaker. We're going to have Chris Gronkowski on the show a little bit later, but go to icesshaker.com, use promo code Wildcat Country, capital W, capital C, and get $5 off. You can also get your Ice Shakers at fanatics.com. We're going to do a giveaway later in the program, so pay attention uh, and listen for that. And also make sure if you are to buy an Ice Shaker, great Christmas present, late Christmas present, whatnot, make sure to fill out the post-production survey mentioned Wildcat Country. That Very important. Shane and I, yes, so... Uh, we appreciate that in advance. All right, number one, Shane, uh, we should officially be worried about Arizona's defense after the Purdue and Alabama games by yourself. Uh, I'll buy you an extent. You know, they, they've struggled the last two games. You know, they forced some turnovers. They did a great job diving for loose balls against Alabama. Like the, the hustle and toughness aren't the issue at all. It's the execution at this point. You know, I saw a stat that Alabama's three-point percentage against Arizona was the lowest for a major conference team versus another major conference team in 25 years for a team that attempted at least 43s. I know it's kind of a loaded step, but basically Alabama took 43s. They only made eight of them, and that's like historically bad, basically. And while Arizona did contest some of those shots, Bama missed a lot of wide open attempts. And it could, and if even another four or five of those went down, it could have been a very different game and a different outcome. So now Alabama came in as the number one team in, in Ken Palm adjusted offense. So you have to consider that. And they, and they only scored 74 points, but yeah, Arizona has to do a better job defending the three going forward, uh, including against uh, Florida Atlantic, which uh, shoots over 38% from three as a team. So that part of their defense, I, I, I am concerned about, uh, not concerned about the toughness uh, about the, uh, the, the hustle that they're not, you know, they are, they're very well conditioned but the execution has been an issue the last couple of games. All right. I'm going to give you that too, Shane. I actually am going to, I'm going to buy this one, the Purdue game, you know, give it up 92 points. Uh, Purdue has an excellent offense. Don't get me wrong. That was a problem. Uh, the Alabama game, the open looks, as you mentioned, now the, the Crimson Tide couldn't hit the bottom of a barrel. It was one of the most pathetic shooting performances I've seen in a long time, especially in person. Uh, but I mean, Arizona was down what nine, nothing right off the bat. And it should have been about 20 to nothing. Yeah. Uh, if Alabama knew how to make a three pointer, Arizona is getting out rebounded like crazy. With that said, I want to give Tommy Lloyd some credit. He made adjustments that ended up working. Yeah. Um, because Arizona just came out flat. It was it was an ugly performance to start. Yeah. And listen, the referees were awful. Uh, we can very we can inconsistent. Yeah. It yeah. was it was just uh, it, one of those. You know, let, let me put it this way. Somebody mentioned this. This is kind of beside the point. 
Somebody asked me about this on, on Twitter the other day. When Shane and I go to a game together, we've been to three in the last few months, so two football games and, and one basketball game. You know, you would think that me, I'm the louder guy, I'm yelling, Shane's more the quiet one. It is absolutely the opposite. I do not yell at a sport, at a game, for the most part. And you are a little bit different. Well, I I would say you are more consistently vocal, and I'm either quiet or very loud. Like, I, I remember okay. I, I went to a football game years ago uh, with a friend of mine, a uh, U of A game, and like he said, yeah, I told a buddy of his afterwards, yeah, Shane kind of seems like he's got, like, Tourette's or something when he's at because he'll be quiet for a long time. And then just like 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 yell something randomly. It's true. I I I do do that. I don't try to be there, scary, but I guess I kind of am. There know. there were a few times on Wednesday night where I was like, "Whoa!" Uh, yeah. I were you were you will yell. I learned years ago not to yell uh, at a sporting event because I didn't have a voice for like three days. Mm. And I and I was thinking, especially knowing that we were recording this podcast a, a night after, I was like, "Yeah, I better." That's probably not a good idea. Yeah. But I, I last thing I'll say is as far as the, the fans, I feel like in you know, we talked about this during the game, Eric, is that you know, there's so so many times when Arizona plays at McHale Center or the, you know, might as well might as well have been McHale Center against Alabama, and it feels like Arizona's getting its butt kicked and they must be down double digits. And then you look up at the scoreboard and they're only down one or two baskets. It just it feels like it's like that home court, just like it they it propels them past the finish line when they're not at their best. It's just it's amazing how that happens so often for Arizona. Yeah, it was. I think that was a key factor. I mean, it, it, right, it was a home court advantage that Arizona had. All right, uh, number two, Shane, Arizona officially passes the in-person eye test to be a prime national championship contender by yourself. Yeah, well, first of all, I hate that term, but I'll, I'll roll with it. I know me. you do, but all okay. right. <laughs> okay, so if the only time you saw Arizona play this season was against Alabama, I think you'd probably say say no, They're, they, okay. they don't pass that your, your eye test, partly for the reasons we just discussed, but judging this team on its first 10 games of the season, absolutely they pass that test. You know, every championship contender has already struggled at some point this season. You know, even Purdue lost to Northwestern, which destroyed ASU. ASU was terrible. Terrible. Uh, several, several top 10 teams have already lost this week. But Arizona is 4-1 and one so far in that six-game non-conference gauntlet we've talked about. That I was and upset I, that they scheduled. Uh-huh. And I think those wins are going to look even better uh, later in the year than they do now, you know, and Alabama's not ranked, but they're in the still in the top ten in net, in the top ten in Ken Palm. Okay, Michigan State starting to put it together. Duke just beat a top ten Baylor team pretty soundly. So from a cumulative perspective, absolutely they can win it all. If you're just looking at that Alabama game, you know, in a vacuum, so to speak, obviously some things need to improve. All right. So did they pass the eye test in person? At times, yeah, they did. In the second half, I think they did. They looked like a championship contender. In the first half, not so much. I mean, we weren't there for the Purdue game, obviously, in Indianapolis. But I'm going to I'm gonna buy this one. I think this team, to me, uh, this team should get better, assuming that they that they have upward progression, like like what we saw. They, they were able to make in-game adjustments. And look at on Saturday as well. This was a team that was down by 17. I was like, all right, I'm put, turning this game off. Next thing you know, it's a four-point game. Mm-hmm. They are able to – they don't get afraid. Now, I would be surprised if Arizona gets blown out in any game this year. Now we saw UConn, a team that we thought, oh, this them in Arizona, they have they look the best. UConn goes and loses by 15 the other night to against Seton Hall. Yeah. Hall, an unranked team. That I would be surprised if that happens to Arizona. I'm not saying it can't. Yeah. I'd be surprised. Well, and and also we've talked about and you've talked about Eric. You know this team needs an alpha, and we've talked about the. the seems kind of like they have two with Kylan Boswell and Caleb Love. 
And we saw that against Alabama. They were both pretty quiet offensively until late in the game. They both took over. They both took it to the hoop, made some big shots late. Caleb Love was in foul trouble for most of the game, so he wasn't on the court for long stretches. But they they took over late. They're not afraid to take those shots. But for better or worse, they both took shots that we kind of cringed at too. But you'd rather have that than the, the alternative where you have a bunch of guys who are, you know, they play hot potato and don't want to be in that situation. So uh, they have those guys. And I think, you know, in late in games with that experience and with that confidence, that's going to be a big deal. I would I would agree with you. I think uh, it is important. And I think uh, we'll see how this Arizona team fares. Now, we got a couple of predictions to make. We're not going to do these with Chris. We're just going to have you and I make a couple of basketball predictions. So we got FAU in Vegas on Saturday. FAU is a good team up tempo. Um, you and I were both right that we had Arizona over Alabama by double digits and we both thought Purdue would win the game. So, uh, that was key. Um, give me a, just a, uh, uh, let's start with the FAU game. Arizona yeah. will win by how many in Vegas, assuming you think they're going to win. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, FAU is sort of like a light version of Purdue in a way, you know, they have a big that can cause Arizona problems. Uh, the a big Russian guy, Vladislav Golden, uh, he's shooting 76% from the field, which is just ridiculous. He averages 15 and seven a game. And they have a lot of guys who can shoot the three, including uh, John L. Davis, who's almost making almost half his three pointers this year. They should Arizona should have a bit of a home court edge with the game being in Las Vegas, and I think they'll find a way to win. But this is arguably the second best team Arizona will have faced so far this season, right behind uh, Purdue. And FAU, I think, is number eight in net, and Alabama's nine. So consider that. I think that second half against Alabama sort of righted the ship for Arizona and restored maybe some of the lost confidence after the Purdue loss. I think this game is close to a toss-up, and FAU is still legitimately good. They weren't just a flash in the pan Final Four team last year. They are a good team. But I'm going to lean Arizona. I'll take them by a basket because of that. I think that mostly that slight home court edge I think they're going to enjoy. I think Arizona uh, got the sloppiness out of their system. I think high-scoring game. The over-under on Wednesday night was like 176. Would not be surprised if it was close to that in the upper 160s, if not higher, against FAU. I think Arizona pulls away late, uh, Wildcats by seven. And then we'll make the pick for next Friday in case our podcast doesn't drop in time. They play at Cal. Cal is really bad. They might be the worst team in the Pac-12. I think the Wildcats win by 15 or more. Uh, How about you, Shane? Yeah, I, I haven't even thought about that game yet, but yeah, Cal's one of the worst teams. And I think they're actually last in, in Pac-12 and net where they're outside of the top 200. Uh, so, you know, it's it, it's at Berkeley, you know, not really big home court edge there, but, you know, it being a true, it'll only be their second true road game of the season. So there's that, but Arizona probably wins by double digits. I, I, they've got it. Uh, they'll win somewhere in the 10, 15 point range. Okay. Uh, I can't argue with that one. Now let's talk about, the women's basketball team for a second. They seem to have major internal issues that we probably will never know about. Uh, Maya Naji, uh, one of the top recruits, left the team in midseason, uh, says it's about academics. Um, Shane, major issues. I I mean, this seems like an easy buy. Would you agree? You know, I, I don't like to just speculate like that. I mean, certainly it, it's, you know, the coaching turnover uh, with, with, with the DS staff hasn't been great and they haven't replicated their success from the, the national championship run, which I don't think was, I didn't expect Arizona to become a, a perennial final four contender in women's basketball. Don't get me wrong. And they still made the tournament the next couple of years, but there's been a, sort of a downward slide for the program. 
I don't know anything about the internal workings of the program. And you know what? We, we've had Adia Barnes on the show. And I bet if we talked to her, we had her on. She'd probably be honest with her and, and honest with us and, and let us know what's going on to a certain extent, obviously. But so I don't want to just speculate on that. I don't, I, you know, I, I'm not technically a journalist anymore, but I just feel like it's it's a bit irresponsible to do that. But it is a concern to see the just the overall slide of the program. Uh, you know, we actually had it's funny we had Maya Naji on the podcast, and then we the, the recording didn't work out, and we're never able to air it, which was really unfortunate because she was great to talk she to. Great. She's super great. smart, great, great individual, and you know, I it, I'll, I'll give you this: if she decides, you know, that, you know, she's talked about she's going wants to pursue becoming a physician. If say at season's end she ditches that, decides to go play for another program, then maybe you can say, okay, something's up. Um, in lieu of that, uh, it just, I think it, I'm just going to chalk it up to something that was unfortunate that happened in terms of the basketball program. Um, so I, I it, it's a concern, the direction of the program, I think the last several years, if you, you compare it to where they were at a couple of years ago, uh, you know, perennial top 25 team that they had become, but I'm not going to go as far as to say there are major internal issues because I just don't have that information. Yeah. I, listen, I, I just don't feel very good about, you know, there were obviously transfers out in the offseason. I don't know the Mayanaji situation. You and I came away very impressed when we were able to talk with her. My whole thing is this. Uh, to leave a team in midseason, I, and I appreciate her academic, you know, wants and wanting to become a doctor. I will never criticize that. With that said, you added on top of what happened with other turmoil and assistant coaches leaving and such. And it seems like something is broken in the program. And I don't know what that is. And, you know, I hope we can have a Dia on and ask her, you know, what she thinks about that notion. Obviously not going to criticize her personally because we don't know. And I think it's unfair to speculate. But for a player to leave midseason, who's one of your top players, a starter, to just go away, whatever the excuse, is off to me. I, well, just the way I feel about it. We'll and, see. I mean, look, it, it could be completely legitimate. It could um, be. And I could be, and I could be wrong and then I'll own it. Yeah. But, I just, I'm just, I want to err on the side of taking, you know, taking her at her word and, and, but, but yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not good, obviously. And, and no. I, I don't, it, it, I mean, is it indicative of there being some sort of rift in the program? I don't, maybe, I don't know. I just, I just don't know. And if I don't know, I don't really want to dive into it as more than, than I'm capable of doing. Does that oh, make sense? That's fair. Okay. Um, Number four, Shane, it, let's talk a little football here before we bring on Chris. Oh. Uh, it's right to be disappointed that Arizona's 2024 early signing day class didn't feature more high-end players. Uh, Jed Fish described it as kind of a, a depth class, Um, yeah. not really a, High end, especially, you know, we got all excited about Elijah rushing. He ends up going to Oregon. His mm -hmm. teammate, uh, Will Height, ends up at Washington. Um, is it fair to feel a little bit of disappointment? Uh, if you want to, I'm not going to stop you. But I, I, I think it's okay to be disappointed, like you mentioned, that a couple of their top defensive verbal commits decided to reconsider. But that's just life in college football. It's not exclusive to Arizona. Like Jed Fish said, in football, you almost have to recruit guys even more heavily after they commit because other programs are always looking to poach them. And those kinds of things, I think, tend to even out, like DeMond Williams decommitting from Ole Miss and committing to Arizona. Uh, and I think they're finally getting to a point, Eric, where they can afford to be a bit pickier and really address specific needs that the team has. You know, I, I love that they added what they added at the skill positions on offense beyond DeMond Williams, who looks like he could take take over for, for Noah Fafita. By the way, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens with Braden Dorman, because he's a very 
talented quarterback coming out of high school, but he may not see the field at Arizona considering you know, for Fita and, and Williams there, but something to keep an eye on. But I'll mention some of the guys that, that uh, of this high school class that they signed, you know, Jordan Washington, four-star running back who chose yeah. Arizona over Oregon and other pretty good programs. That's a big win. Uh, mm-hmm. Brandon Phelps, who set an Arizona state record for receiving yards uh, with Cowing Wiley and DJ Williams moving on. I think those guys all might have a chance to, to make a big impact uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, the other reason I'm not disappointed on the lack of stars you see next to some of these players' names is we've seen how good this coaching staff has been at developing talent. You know, consider that most of Arizona's impact players this season haven't, they weren't transfers. They were high school commits. You know, Noah Fafita, Tedero McMillan, Jonah Coleman, Jacob Manu, Ephesians Prysock, Dakario Davis, Dalton Johnson, all those guys. And some of those guys were highly touted, like T-Mac obviously was. But most of the others were three-star guys, and they're playing at an elite level at Arizona. Not just for Arizona, like for Arizona standards, but they are become elite players. You know, they're getting, uh, uh, they're they're winning awards, first team, second team, this and that. So, I, as long as the coaching staff remains in place, I'm not concerned about the so-called lack of huge names in this class. Okay, fair. Um, yeah, I would like to see something more. I mean, I, you want to see. Um, you know, a, a five-star, maybe more four-star commits. I think getting uh, uh, Rayshon Clark to decommit from Cal uh, as an yeah. athlete, you know, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Damon Williams, obviously, there might be your quarterback of the future if he sticks around. Um, the other guy, you know, I mentioned him before, but I love kickers and recruiting kickers. Oh, yeah. Uh, Michael Salgado Medina from Mission Viejo uh, High School. Uh, Arizona was on him a long time ago three-star commit. I'm all about this. Uh, Kickers, very important. We've seen the Wildcats. You know, if you're a a fan as long as Shane and I have been, you've seen great kicking, and then you've seen some really, really bad kicking. And we've been fortunate. I mean, Lucas Haversick's in the NFL now. Uh, Tyler Loop has been very good. Did not have a great day against ASU, but uh, overall, I mean, he's been been pretty darn good. So the Wildcats have been fortunate there, so nice to see another kicker uh, added to that class. All right. Let's get a couple of things about the bowl game, Shane, uh, before we break it down a little bit later. Uh, Number five here, there is no excuse for Arizona not to score 30 or more points against an Oklahoma defense that at the end of the season, since the Texas game, you have 30, 29, 38, 27, 20, 24, and finally 45 points in the season finale. I mean, listen, we know their offense can score, but Arizona's offense has to score 30 here. Otherwise, be kind of a disappointment by yourself. I'll actually get a, I'll, I'll buy that, Eric. I, I think they should score at least 30 with, with all everyone uh, supposedly playing and healthy outside of Jordan Morgan, who you obviously you understand because he's, he's uh, you know, could be a first round NFL draft pick. I probably would have thought he was crazy if he decided to play, Yeah, uh, but it sounds like everyone else will be available. Uh, yeah. Considering what Arizona's done and what Oklahoma has given up to some very average big 12 teams. Uh, yeah. It, I they, they probably, We'll need to score at least 30 to win the game. Uh, and even with some of the opt-outs, Oklahoma still has a lot of talent on offense. But uh, with some of the opt-outs they have on both sides of the ball, there's no excuse not to put up at least 30. I agree with you. Yeah, well, I, I thought you would for sure sell that one. I think so. Yeah. I don't think Oklahoma is known for their defense. They started out well at the beginning of the season. We're not great towards the end. I think Arizona has to score and score a lot, especially, you know, Noah Fafita and T-Mac. I, I don't see Oklahoma stopping them right now, to be honest, that is with the mm-hmm. opt-outs and such. Uh, all right. Um, last one in buy or sell, Shane. Uh, Arizona being a favorite over a more highly regarded team brings out the ultimate cynic in you. Buy or sell? Normally, I would buy this, but I'll sell it this time because bowl season, I mean, it's 
even you know, before pre-transfer portal and pre-NIL, it was already weird because you have two teams that have just haven't seen each other all season, have not played many of any common opponents. So it's really hard to gauge. Then you get the opt-outs on top of it. It's, you know, I wouldn't want to be for, you know, handicapping any of these games because it's so difficult to, to make heads or tails of any teams going into, uh, into these bowl games with all the opt-outs and, and, uh, and the transfers already. So no, I don't think so. I, I think it, it's reasonable to say, look, Arizona's got almost everyone playing and Oklahoma's missing a lot of guys, including their, their, their star quarterback. So yeah, they would be favored by three points. I think is reasonable. Uh, I'm not, and, and I'm, I guess the other part of this is I'm not, maybe I'll be nervous about this game when it starts, but I'm not right now because I feel like Arizona's kind of playing with house money. I mean, how, how many of us expected them to go to, uh, to this big a bowl game before the season started. You know, it's not a New Year's Six game, but it's at the top of that next tier. Uh, and so I want them to have a good showing. If they get blown out like they did in the Holiday Bowl in 09, I'll, I will be legitimately disappointed because I think they ought to play better than that. Um, but no, I, I don't feel that way. I feel like we're we're very fortunate. Look, look and I mentioned this on, on Twitter slash X, Arizona football and men's basketball combined to lose zero games between mid-October and mid-December, okay? We have had it very good these last couple of months, and who knows how long it's going to last, and Arizona basketball finally lost a few days ago. Um, but I am I'm just in, trying to enjoy the moment, and I'd like to see a good game. If Arizona loses a close game against Oklahoma, it's okay. Even with the opt-outs, it's okay. You know, they're still going in the right direction. Um, so I typically I would I would be a little bit cynical about it, like think, oh, crap, you know, but – I, in this case, I, I just, I just don't care because I, I care about the result of the game, but I don't care about the odds because it, it it's such a crapshoot right now. And it, it's, it's just a unique situation. I'm surprised that Arizona is favored here. I think the crowd advantage will, will be Oklahoma. I mean, this is going to be yeah. a tough game. Not that the Wildcats played amazing on the road outside of Washington state all year. I mean, they probably should have lost to Colorado. They were outplayed by the Buffaloes and then, you know, won on a last second Tyler loop field goal. It's essentially a road game, but Oklahoma is also missing a lot of their key players, including quarterback Dylan Gabriel. Uh, it's a weird line. Uh, you and I both don't have a great feel on it. We'll talk about that later in the show when we make our predictions and you will have a chance to make a prediction to win an ice shaker. Find out more about that as you hear our Chris Gronkowski interview coming up next here on Wildcat Country. Shane, it's a big-time show, and how do you know it's a big-time show? Well, we're previewing the Alamo Bowl, obviously, but we have our buddy, the founder of Ice Shaker and former Wildcat and NFL fullback, Chris Gronkowski, joining us here on Wildcat Country. Chris, welcome back. We haven't had you on, uh, I think, six months or so. You're killing it with Ice Shaker, but I want to start with the football team. Is this the best Arizona football team since you played? Now, 2014's in the mix, but from what you've seen over the years, how do you compare this year's version to the 2009 team that got pretty darn far? Man, yeah, I mean, yeah, this team's legit. Um, I thought 2009 was good, but I I mean, I really, I think this team has a lot of explosive players and it's been fun to watch. I mean, big, big games over big teams that ranked a lot higher than teams we were playing. So uh, I'll probably give it to them this year, man. I, I don't remember how many ranked teams they beat in a row, but. I was sitting there watching people are blowing me up, um, you know, week after week, just saying, man, Arizona's lighting it up. So I'm definitely I'll give it to them, man. I'll give them uh, this year. I would say is a better a better team than when I played. Uh, just coming back as many times as you have, Chris, to this past year and just experiencing, you know, the, the, the you know, not only the team, but the culture, uh, the excitement around 
uh, around the program. Um, what's that been like for you? Maybe compare that to how that is now for you and your fellow uh, alumni compared to maybe five, 10 years ago. Man, completely different. Uh, night and day. Um, Jed came in and his, his second he came in, I was involved again. Uh, it's been 10 years. I hadn't been back. Like I said, this last time on there, uh, came back, got there. More than half my team was there. I was like, this is crazy. I asked them when they had been back last. And a lot of them said they hadn't been back either. You know, this was their first time coming back. So uh, Jed made that happen. Uh, he's, he's pushing hard to get guys involved. Uh, I think last time I went, there was over 250 guys uh, that also showed up as well. So really cool to see. But Man, he's out there like we're in town and he's out with us. You know, he's coming out, uh, making sure that he, you know, says what's up. It's going to be something quick. You know, he might stop by. He actually stopped by General Benz when we were out. You know, that's that's the kind of, um, you know, coach that he is now. Uh, some of the players were there, too. Like it was, it was kind of cool to see, you know, a lot of times you know, the coach shows up and players are running and hiding and jumping out of the bar, man. Uh, yeah, he was there and. He was, he was saying what's up to the players, and um, it was just like a this ultimate family atmosphere. A lot of the, the families of the players were there, too, and you know he was there talking to them, hugging them, all that as well. So he's just built this amazing community, and he's made us all feel welcome back as alumni, but you, know, you could tell he's doing that with his players as well. Yeah, and, and now, of course, the Arizona's doing so well. We're all nervous, so, okay, which – big time program is going to poach Jed fish from us. Uh, just yeah. you're, you feel like, cause you know, Jed's talked about, you know, he's, his family wants to stay in one place for, for a while. Now they've moved, they moved around so many times during his coaching career. Do you just kind of get the feel that Jed's the kind of guy who would like to stay in Tucson long-term provided, you know, obviously it makes financial sense and the community makes that investment in the program. Man, it's, I have no idea to tell you the truth, but um, you know, as a player uh, and as, you know, watching these coaches and what they go through, I think they do want stability, man. Like it's, it's tough, especially with the family, they're bouncing all over the place. So uh, if they can finally lock down into an area that they really like, and they're having a lot of success with, I, you know, I don't know why you really want to go that far. Um, you know, Sonny Dykes was out here as well at, at SMU and he kind of told me the same thing. He said, man, I, I love being here. I love this atmosphere. You know, I love this area. Uh, you know, I really don't want to leave. Uh, he ended up leaving, but it was just to go right down the street. Uh, so, you know, to TCU, but you know, these guys definitely want stability after, you know, all these years of just bouncing around, grinding it out. You know, they finally got that head coaching position and they can kind of call the shots now. And it's not like he's making bad money and I'm sure he can get a little bit more now as well. So uh, I think he sticks around for, for uh, you know, a little bit longer here. You know, we've talked about a lot of subjects on this show, but Shane, this is one I've actually never asked anyone. And Chris is the perfect guy to speak to it. How would you say that Jed Fish and Mike Stoops are alike? Are alike, man. <laughs> That's a good question, man. Um, I guess when I was there, like Mike was such a defensive coach uh, that that like you really like as an offensive player, you didn't really deal with with Mike that much. You know, you had the team meetings, um, and that was pretty much it. So like he wasn't he wasn't the guy that was really calling the shots. The guy I was uh, you know really in meetings with. Uh, on a day-to-day basis. So uh, it's hard to say. Um, and and also with Jed, like, I mean, I truly don't know. Um, I'm sure Rob would be able to give a lot better answer as, you know, he was in the program with Jed. Uh, but just seeing it from the outside, uh, yeah, I mean, to me, Jed, Jed's a guy that's just, he's all about getting together and, and bringing community together. Um, I would say it wasn't like that with Mike Stoops. Uh, you know, he wasn't going to beat us out at, at a restaurant or anything like that. Um so definitely a little bit, a little bit different from that side, but 
Uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't think I could say how. Um, that was good. No, you did good. You did good with that because it's a tough question. Just the fact that you know both of them. I mean, Shane and I have met him or talked to him, but like we've never obviously gotten to know him as well as you have. But I think hearing about the family environment that is going on, you can see why this team's playing so well together because they they they're all bought in. You haven't seen a lot of opt outs. I mean, Jordan Morgan's the only opt out for the Alamo Bowl. We'll make our picks here shortly. But first of all, I want to ask you about Ice Shaker. You've turned this idea that was on Shark Tank. You know, you're on with Mark Cuban and Arod, and, and next thing you know, you are. This is this company is blowing up continually, turning into. You know, you're always having new products. What's next on the horizon for you as far as new products at Ice Shaker? Yeah, man, things have been good. Uh, had a great year again, and uh, some really cool partnerships, especially towards the end of the year here. So. Uh, we got the NFL license. Uh, we have a new printing technique as well, where we do 4D printing. So we do got full color bottles uh, coming out as well. Full team logos for uh, NFL, NCAA, MLB, NHL. Um, it just just all teams, all leagues. So it's been uh, been really cool. We'll actually uh, come out with the Arizona, the you know, 4D bottle here pretty soon as well. I think it's going to hit in January. Uh, so we're probably going to just miss football season, but. Uh, man, it's been it's been great. It's been really cool uh, to see the company continue to grow. What's really cool about it, too, is it's exactly what Jed's doing. It, it's all about community. You know, it's really what it comes down to. If you build a great community around it, you know, we give a ton of money back to charity. Um, we give a ton of money back to the community. We threw uh, world record breaking events to you know bring the community together, but also donate money to our local youth football program. We don't donate to our baseball program here. Uh, we give about 1% of all of our sales back on our website to different uh, military foundations as well. So uh, we've just built this really cool community here and people want to be a part of it. And that's exactly what Jed has done with Arizona now. And you just see what happens when you do that. You know, it, it just turns into a culture where everyone wants to be a part of it. And then guys don't leave. You know, guys then tell other guys to come. And then you just start automatically kind of recruiting on its own. So uh, it's pretty cool what you learn in football and in sports that you could then bring uh, into the business world that also translates to success and winning. Chris, for, we've actually gotten a lot of uh, new uh, followers or listeners, viewers these last couple of months as Arizona football has done well. And of course, basketball teams doing fantastic. We were at the, uh, the, the Alabama game the other day in, in Phoenix. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with ice shaker, you know, and, and we talk about it, I have mine here. I've been showing off many times during the, uh, during the, the podcast. Uh, there are a lot of uh, beverages out there that, you know, keep your cold drinks cold and your hot drinks hot. What differentiates ice shakers? You see the half gallon jug there that, that, that Eric showing for watching. Uh, what differentiates ice shaker from some of the, uh, the other, uh, uh, bottles out there? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, our flagship products are shaker bottle. So I have one here. Uh, when you look at it, like the big thing that separates it right off the bat, it's, it's a shaker bottle pop top. You have a handle on it. When you twist it open, you're going to see measurement markings inside of it. You're going to see this patented twist and agitator as well. So it's so actually break up powders, but it also works as a strainer. So if you put a bunch of ice in the insulated cup, usually it floats to the top. It clogs the spout. You're drinking through ice. It's hard to get it out. This will actually stop that from happening. So in turn, especially football fans, they like to tailgate with this and uh, put some other drinks in it instead of protein and mix that up and then have a good time at the tailgate party. Uh, we have a silicone base on it now that we added a ton of different colors, varieties, and now we have licensed bottles as well. So really at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's the ultimate bottle that could do everything. It even floats in a pool is what I'm told. Floats down the river and the lake. It doesn't sink to the bottom. Uh, 
can put personalize them on our website as well. And, um, you know, we do have anything from a one gallon jug now uh, down to kids cups as well uh, in shaker bottles, tumblers and in sports bottles as well. So uh, I think last count, we're over 200 SKUs now at this point. There's just a lot of products, a lot of different variety that we have to offer now at this point. I I guess the last thing I'll ask regarding ice shaker before we get in, into our, our bowl predictions is, you know, I'm a big fan of shark tank. And I, I think every time you're on, I ask you a shark tank question because you, you guys, you and your brothers killed it on, on the show and got a deal with uh, Mark Cuban and a rod. And I know Rob bought, bought out a rod share uh, down the line. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you see like we saw like 10 minutes of your of your appearance on on shark tank but i know those pitches go an hour and a half to two hours is there any like one highlight that you remember from your pitch that we didn't get to see that you can talk about uh yeah there's a couple good ones i don't know if they showed it um let's see uh not lori what's the other um now what's the other shark's name the other female on the show barbara barbara corcoran barbara yeah, yeah. so barbara uh she offered a million dollars just to party with us uh, so that was a pretty good offer. Um, I think she was sitting on my brother Gordy's lap at one point. I don't think they showed that on camera either. I've seen some outtakes with her, and that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, so that was that was pretty good um, right off the bat. Uh, but yeah, those those two were. I was I was actually pretty excited to see those two parts, but um, didn't really show that. But overall, it is it is almost uh, probably I was I had to be in there for at least forty five minutes. Um, you know, they really do ask everything. Like it's a real investment. And really what it comes down to is it's, it's their time. You know, these guys, they're, they're multi-billionaires, at least Mark is. And, um, you know, it, your time is, is, is money at that point. So, uh, real money, real time, uh, you know, they got to do the due diligence. It takes months to get it done. They really put their money into it. So, uh, they knew everything, you know, what I did in college, I had to break out, like, you know, back in the day when I was, you know, on, on online gambling in class, to get money so that I can go out on the weekends. You know, I was playing poker in my classes and uh, people were watching behind me when you could still do like online poker. It's so funny. You, you can't do that anymore, but you can, you can do all the sports betting you want now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's all changed. Uh, but yeah, I used to play online poker to make money in college because I couldn't get a job because they wouldn't let me. So um, that's actually where my money came from to like buy food and stuff. But um so I had to like tell them you know, what I did in high school, uh, what I did before high school, uh, what I did in college to get money, what I did after the NFL, all that stuff. So they knew they knew everything by the time they actually invested in the company. All right. So I was going to grab my ice shaker here because I want to I want to promo it here, Chris. We're going to give away one of these on yeah. the show today. Yeah, you know, Merry Christmas to you. Thanks to Chris. We're going to give away an ice shaker. Well, how do you win this baby? You just reply to either our Twitter post, X, whatever it's called, or on YouTube, on our video on YouTube, and give us your score prediction for the Alamo Bowl. Now, the three of us will give our picks coming up here shortly, but all you have to do is reply with with, uh, your pick, Arizona to win by this score, Oklahoma to win by this score, doesn't matter what it is, and you'll be entered to win one of these babies, and they're awesome. We have a few different ones. They are great. I love it on the golf course, Chris. These, when it's 115 degrees outside, and I put my ice in here and it doesn't melt. And I, you know, gulp this thing. It's it's great. So love my ice shaker and appreciate you sponsoring the show. But now it's time for the important part. And that's to make some picks. Talked about gambling. Now, sorry they didn't have NIL back in your day because you would have probably no. been close to a millionaire back in the day if they had you and your brother had NIL in college. But, you know, different, different times. Let's start with our first game. We're going to do Pac-12 games up through next Friday. Shane and I will do a show right after the Alamo Bowl. But... 
Up until then, let's talk about the Vegas Bowl this Saturday. Utah is a six and a half point favorite against Northwestern. Chris, what do you got? Oh man, that's that's my bowl game, man, where I scored a touchdown and got put on the net. Right. I actually that's when I first found out about sports betting because I had a ton of people like hit me up on Twitter, like, man, I love you. You're my favorite player. I couldn't understand why. Uh, until I realized we were the only game on at that time. So that was the only game they could bet. And we ended up winning on the touchdown, kind of kind of sealed the game. So they really liked me after that. But um, Vegas Bowl, I'm going uh, Utah here. Okay. I like that pick. Shane, I'm going with Utah as well. The line is fishy, only six and a half. You would think it would be greater. Cause I know Northwestern had a good year, but you would think Utah being Utah, but they've had some opt-outs. Which way are you going? Yeah, this is kind of a what does Vegas know that we don't sort of situation. By the way, I remember, uh, you know, Chris, you scored that touchdown. Uh, Willie Tuitama hits you up on the same play, I think, twice on that drive. The same play out of the back out of the backfield, one of them for like 20 some yards and the other one for a touchdown. So I, I remember that well. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll lean Utah, even though the line does concern me a little bit. Uh, I, I, Utes are just I think they're just a better team, uh, you know, not having whether they have cameraizing or not. Uh, and I think Utah and Arizona, I mean, could that we talked about it already. That could be for the Big 12 championship next year, which is crazy to think about. But I'm going to go with the Utes. All right. So the Holiday Bowl, this is a weird line. Louisville is a seven and a half point favorite against USC. Now, USC, we don't know who's going to play for them. Definitely not Caleb Williams and probably most of their good players. It's kind of a dumpster fire over there. But Louisville got shut out by Florida State in the ACC championship game. Couldn't have looked worse. Also a fishy line. Chris, seven and a half point favorite for Louisville. To me, that seems like too much. But what do you think? Man, I don't know. You get blown out. You got to come back and you got to show up. So I'm going Louisville in this one, man. Comeback game. Okay. Yeah. I like USC. Shane, I'm I'm going I'm going USC here. I, I think they got to keep this within a touchdown, and I could see them winning the game outright. You don't you don't. Uh, I I, th- I think USC is checked out. I mean, for that especially for that program every year, it's you know it, it's it's New Year's Six Bowl or bust. Uh, and I mean, even though they don't make it very often, I think that's the attitude. You know, Caleb Williams isn't playing. I, I like Louisville to find a way to win and cover. Okay. Now this is uh, kind of a, a fun game here. Well, it would have been, but then Oregon State, you don't know who's left, and Notre Dame's quarterback opted out. So the Fighting Irish are a a six-and-a-half-point favorite over Oregon State. I mean, I don't even know if the Beavers have a quarterback left. I don't know. I mean, who knows? I'm going with Notre Dame here, uh, laying the six-and-a-half, but I I mean, it's this one's a crapshoot. I would not recommend betting too much on the Sun Bowl here. All right, Chris, what do you think? I want to know who sets these lines, man, because they got a really tough job. Like, how do you? How do you possibly set a line when people are opting out like quarterbacks and two? That's insane. Uh man, I'll dude, I, I'm I'm not going or uh what is Oregon State? Oregon State. Yep. I, I'm going Oregon State. Okay, Oregon State. All right, Shane, yeah. how about you? Uh just because for the underdog spirit, I'll go with Oregon State, even though they're you know their coach is out, their top two quarterbacks are out. Uh you know, I, yeah. I, I think it maybe maybe it means a little bit more for for the Beavers, you know, their their last uh for all intents and purposes, Pac-12 game. So I, I think Notre Dame wins, but I think Oregon State keeps it within the field goal. Okay. All right. Now let's go on to the uh, – this is not a Pac-12 game, but this is the first of the New Year's six games that we probably won't get to by the time our next podcast gets out. Missouri is a one-and-a-half-point favorite against Ohio State. Chris is neck of the woods uh, in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, Chris, I'll let you start with this one as well. Ohio State missing a lot. I mean, Kyle McCord, their, their starting quarterback, transferred to Syracuse. Marvin Harrison Jr., his high school teammate, not going to play. A lot of opt-outs for Ohio State. But still, can they take care of Missouri? That's wild. So these guys can actually – the starting quarterback transferred, you said? Yep, yep. 
He's out. Wow. And he started all year. He started all year. He started all 12 games. For that. And then transferred to Syracuse. Tra- yep. Wow. This is wild, man. Like, <laughs> this is like next level. It's a uh, whole new world, man. Yeah, I didn't know that was possible. Why would you do that? I don't even understand why you tr- transfer money. Ball. You get yeah. he gets paid. Uh, you get paid a million bucks. The going rate for a starting quarterback, power five, is a million bucks. Wow, man, this is a new era. I didn't even know that was possible. And you don't even finish the season. Then you you just opt out. Drought, gone. Yep. Wow. That's insane. Uh, man, I'm going to still go Ohio State here. Okay, I I think so too. I like Ohio State, Shane. I I think the Buckeyes too deep. I know Missouri had a great year, but the Buckeyes are five stars everywhere. Let some of these guys play. I think they find a way. Ryan Day will he needs this game after losing to Michigan yet again. No, I think Missouri is legit though. I mean, I it, they convinced me. I thought I thought Missouri's one of those teams that you know they're top ten early. They're going to fade. They're going to maybe be borderline top twenty five. But they've they've hung up there. They they're within the SEC no less. Uh, I feel like this line is kind of suspicious that Missouri is only favored by a point because of all the opt-outs for Ohio State. But I'm, I'm going to lean Mizzou. I think it mean, it's going to mean more to them uh, after Ohio State uh, lost to Michigan and lost their college football playoff chance. They have so many guys missing. Maybe they got a lot of other five, five stars as backups, but they don't have a lot ton of experience. So I'm going to go with the Tigers. All right. Now it's on to the big game here. The Alamo Bowl next Thursday night. Arizona is a three-point favorite over Oklahoma. Now, Oklahoma prestige program but you talk about opt-outs their starting quarterback chris he's at oregon dylan gabriel transferred to oregon uh their offensive coordinator is the new head coach for mississippi state so he's gone oklahoma has a dozen players at least who are out of this game arizona jordan morgan's out uh you know they're starting left tackle waiting you know going to the draft they've had a few transfers but nothing that's significant give me a, a thought on this game and then your score prediction Wow, man, I like this. And that's this is a shout out to Jed, man. You don't have guys opting out. You got guys playing, and that's how it should be. I mean, and I mean, you do. You want to, this is kind of your last time if you are, uh, you know, a senior or even a junior that, that might be leaving uh, to really ball out, man, and, and really up your, your stock for uh, the NFL draft. So that's cool. That's, that's, that's actually really cool and impressive and showcases what Jed's been able to do in Arizona, um, you know, having all his guys play in this game for the most part. So, man, I, I mean, I think Arizona's going to take this for sure. Um, yeah, are we doing score prediction here? Score prediction. Score prediction for this one. Wow. So I thought it was going to be kind of close. I didn't know about all these opt-outs. It's kind of eye-opening. Um, didn't realize, like, guys were actually transferring before these bowl games. That's that's mm-hmm. wild. I probably should have paid a little bit more attention to college football these days, but I just didn't even think that was possible. But uh, yeah, I'll go Arizona. Then, man, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 31-21 in this game. 31-21 Wildcats. All right, Shane, you are the ultimate cynic. We hmm. know you will. You are not afraid to make a pick against Arizona. You've done it. You've taken some heat throughout the year for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But this is a different animal. Arizona is in a bowl game for the first time since 2017. As we've discussed on the show, motivation should not be a problem. No. What do you have here? Well, and and real quick to Chris's point, I I feel like the transfer portal should open up after bowl season because this is just absolute chaos. But that's a discussion for another time. I think a lot of this game is going to come down to whether Jackson Arnold looks the part right away, stepping in for Dylan Gabriel, another quarterback who already is transferred and and gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's tough for Arizona because there's almost no – college film on him 
And if he keeps things simple, avoids turnovers, he could come right in in right away and be just as effective as Gabriel. And if that happens, Arizona could be in trouble. The game is in, in San Antonio. Oklahoma should have a decent home field advantage for that reason. Uh, football, Arizona football doesn't travel quite as well as, as basketball, unfortunately. Uh, the other thing I don't like is just the layoff between games. You know, Arizona built so much momentum week after week, and they have to wait a month to play this one. But if Jordan Morgan is the only Arizona player not participating in this game, and it, it, it's a significant loss, but Arizona's offensive line is still pretty strong even beyond him. I think this is a game that Arizona should win by a touchdown or so. You know, I really don't have a great feel on it. And my gut is telling me Oklahoma maybe finds a way to win. But in the spirit of the hope and goodwill of the holiday season, I'm I'm going to roll with the Wildcats to win by a touchdown, 45 to 38. And, and, and finally, 30, 34, 35 years later, Arizona and Oklahoma finally have that rubber match after they had their home and home in 88, 89. And I, I think Arizona, hopefully Arizona uh, takes the uh, the series, so to speak. But I'll, I'll go right, I'll roll so- with Arizona by touchdown. So Chris has taken Arizona by 10. Shane has taken Arizona by a touchdown. What's your pick? You know, you got to, if you want to win one of these beauties, one of these ice shakers, go put your pick on one of our posts on X where Shane, where it's prompted or do it uh, on the, in the comments on our YouTube page. Now time for my pick. I am 11 and one picking uh, Arizona games against the spread this year. I've had a good feel on a lot of games. This one, not really a great one. I kind of agree with Shane on this one. But it comes down to motivation. And Chris, you know this when you played in in games. The team that wants it more wins the majority of the time, you think, right? You guys wanted that that, that Las Vegas Bowl over BYU. They were ranked, eh, but they didn't really care to be there. You guys did. And look what happened, right? Probably accurate. That's going to be Arizona in this bowl game. Wildcats 34, Oklahoma 27. I hope I'm right. And it's going to be, if so, we're going to celebrate on our year-end episode of Wildcat Country. But Eric, Chris, what's the over? I'm sorry, Eric, what's the over-under on the game? Did, did you have you seen that? I think, yeah, I think it's in the it's I'll have to look it up here in a in a second chain. It should be in the low 60s. Okay. Uh it's a game that you know it's I'm, one where I'm probably not. It's 62. Okay. Probably one. I mean, I have it at 61. You're yeah. going a lot higher. I Chris take the going over. under. Yeah. yeah, I'm going probably lean under on that one just because Arizona's defense has played majority of unders. Anyway, it should be a great game. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Congrats on all of your success with Ice Shaker. And we really appreciate, uh, you know, all of your sponsorship to Wildcat Country. But uh, for Chris Gronkowski, Shane Dale, I'm Eric Cohen. Merry Christmas. Uh, Thank you as always for listening. And as always, bear down. Bear down.